Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, folks. Uh, Randy, this is an exciting episode. It's the... It, f- it was? It's the <laughs> finale of season one. Yeah, we finally made it. Uh, we made it through the whole first season of Voyager, um, and I just made it through 50 laps uh, around the cargo deck. So, Well, um, you shouldn't be so insubordinate to Tuvok. <laughs> if I sound kind of winded, uh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about episode 16, Learning Curve, which originally aired May 22nd, 1995. Uh, this is an interesting episode because... Well, I guess we'll explain why it's an interesting episode uh, as we talk about it. Sure. Uh, the episode opens up with Janeway on the holodeck. She's playing the role of Mrs. Davenport again, the uh, Victorian-era governess. Uh, she's rehearsing how she'll greet the children that she's supposed to be uh, taking care of. Uh, the kids are not happy with her. The daughter claims to have seen her dead mother recently, and uh-huh. the, the son is like, "Oh, she's can't get, she can't deal with the the loss." And uh, the daughter gets really upset and suddenly disappears, and the son disappears too. Uh, Chakotay informs Janeway that there are power fluctuations on deck six, which are causing issues with the holodeck. On deck six. Tuvok walks over to an open panel. He's met by a man named Dolby, who mm. pops out to greet Tuvok. <laughs> it's a little shocking. Yeah. Hello! <laughs> Hello there. Uh, he was changing a bioneural gel pack, but not, uh-huh. But he had not informed Taurus. Yes, we finally get to the bioneural circuitry of Voyager. And boy, they've made up for the fact that they haven't talked about it in, like, 14 episodes. (laughs) We hear a lot about it. Yes. Uh, Actually, I wonder why they went this way after watching this episode, because it doesn't (laughs) seem any better than what they were using previously on other starships. Yeah, I don't think that they've actually given a, you know, this is the case for these things and why they're actually useful. And as you describe what happens, you'll find out why it's actually seems to be a, a big downside to them. Yeah. So Dolby had not informed Torres that he was doing this maintenance. Uh, he said, I, hey, I saw a problem and I fixed it, as I would do on a Maquis ship. Tuvok is not happy because Dolby didn't follow protocol and interrupted several functions. Janeway's hollow novel being one of them. Uh, but Dolby is clearly unhappy about being on a Starfleet vessel. Then the opening credits... Uh, when we come back, Janeway's in a ready room. She's having a meeting with Tuvok and Chakotay. Gel packs are typically very reliable, but apparently one malfunction for some reason. Tuvok says they have only 47 gel packs left, and they can't replicate new ones. The gel packs are a crucial component of the ship, but uh, Chakotay suggests shifting some systems to the standard isolinear circuitry that most starships use. Tuvok brings up his interaction with Dalby and how Dalby is insubordinate uh, and how Dalby had been found tampering with the ship's systems before. Chakotay says that Dalby might be frustrated about having to follow Starfleet protocols. 
Uh, Janeway notes that he's not the only Maquis to find it difficult to adjust, and it's unfair to hold them to the same standard since they never went to Starfleet Academy. She suggests having Tuvok train them in Starfleet operations. Tuvok says that Chakotay would be the obvious choice, as he was their former captain, but Janeway says that they have to have a Starfleet officer earn their respect. They already respect Chakotay. They don't respect Starfleet. Yet. <laughs> uh, in the cargo hold, Dalby and three other former Maquis, uh, Garen, a Bajoran, Henley, a human, and Chell, a Bullion, uh, are waiting as Tuvok enters and explains that he's there to train them. Crewman Shell rants about the fact that he doesn't deserve to be there, so Tuvok makes him run laps as a punishment. First 40 laps, then 50 laps, because he keeps complaining. <laughs> I kind of like, I'm going to just interject real quick and say, I kind of like this guy. He, he was a real character. Yeah, Shell was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, he had a kind of funny that is different from Neelix, which uh, I'm hoping that as we watch more Voyager in the future, that he makes some kind of comeback. Dalby is indignant about having to attend this training, and he gets the other Maquis to follow him out. Tuvok orders them to stop, but they follow Dalby anyway. This is very much a uh, stand-and-deliver, dangerous minds type situation. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not respecting Tuvok's authority. <laughs> yeah. In the mess hall... Garen is starting to have second thoughts, but Dolby convinces him that everything will be fine as long as they're doing their jobs. Chakotay enters and hears the the four Maquis people's side of the story. Uh, they want to do things the Maquis way, so Chakotay punches Dolby because, <laughs> hey, that's the Maquis way. Exactly. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but I could see this coming, like, a light year away. <laughs> well, Dolby couldn't, apparently. <laughs> no. Chicote tells them that he'll keep doing this until they show up at for Tuvok's training. I just love the idea of of uh, Chicote just like constantly like following Dolby around and punching him <laughs> until he goes to training with with uh, Tuvok. He's like, "You better go to training." Uh, are you are you going there today? He's very bullish, and I don't know if this is really Starfleet officer behavior, but hey. Hey, I mean, it's he the Maquis way. Yeah, yeah, it's the Maquis way. He had to do something, and they asked for it. Literally, they asked for the Maquis way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, in the cargo hold, Tuvok passes out pads with their study assignments. He then inspects these uh, Maquis crewmen's uniforms. Henley uh -huh. is wearing a headband, but it violates regulations. Yep. Shell is wearing a pimp medallion, which <laughs> violates the dress code. <laughs> He made it himself. <laughs> I love that he made it himself. Uh, Garen has to remove his Bajoran earring, mm -hmm. but uh, that's not his only violation. He also has scuffed boots. So this is weird. I was real quick. I was trying to remember before I forget this. Um, he had to remove the Bajoran jewelry, but I'm trying to remember if on DS9, if... Uh, what's her name? The like second in command. Kira had Kira. Did she wear that, or did she have to remove it? I can't remember. No. Anyway, I mean, she was part of the Bajoran forces, which were separate. Oh, true. She wasn't like. really under. Okay, we're gonna get super geeky and and <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get super semantic here. But anyways, Dolby is is fine. He's mm. within regulations. Uh, Tuvok orders them to meet at nineteen hundred hours. 
in engineering, Dolby is grousing to Torres about the field training. Uh, Torres says he's afraid he'll fail the training, and she wants him to prove her wrong and complete the training. Uh. Suddenly, another bioneural gel pack is malfunctioning, and Torres orders Dolby to check it out. Uh, Torres takes a gel pack to sickbay. She wants the doctor to investigate its biological components because the mechanical components are working properly. Kess assists the doctor with the scan. The doctor discovers that the gel pack is sick. He plays around a bit because it's been suggested that he be more sensitive to his patient's <laughs> needs. I loved this part, obviously, because it was the doctor. Yeah, where he's talking <laughs> to the gel pack and seeing if it's comfortable. <laughs> Like it's like it's a, like a sentient being, and he's like, "I'm not, no, I'm not supposed to speak about you know the patient's condition in front of other people. Like this is private." <laughs> it's like, doctor. I mean, we appreciate you trying to you know have a little better bedside manner and and think about the patient some more, but I mean, this is like a bioneural jump pack. <laughs> but it was, it was hilarious. I thought. Yeah, it was like it was a good, uh, some good comic relief. Mm-hmm. The doctor reveals that the biological components of the gel pack have an infection. Fortunately, it does not affect humanoids, but uh, he needs to get all the infected gel packs quarantined until he comes up with a treatment, until they find the source of the infection. Elsewhere on Voyager, Tuvok is leading his trainees to a Jeffrey's tube. They're wearing sporty, sportier gear. They're not wearing their standard uniforms. Mm-hmm. They They're kind of like tracksuits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Starfleet tracksuits. Uh, and they also have weighted backpacks on. Ugh. They're ordered to travel two decks down, but take the long way through the mess hall, which will lead them through over 50 Jeffrey's tubes. Oh, my God. They they struggle. Uh, Garen and Chell more so than the others. But they eventually make it to their goal. Tuvok informs them that the run was about 10.1 kilometers he reveals also that he increased the gravity on the deck by 10%. <laughs> he's, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, he's a hard-ass drill instructor. He said they, they must be prepared for anything. Mm-hmm. He notes that Gurren and Shell got lapped three times, so they have to go back and finish the rest of their 10 kilometers. Uh, as Tuvok is leaving, he tells them that he'll, they'll run again tomorrow, and he hopes that they'll uh-huh. improve their performance. Yeah, they're basically going to do the same thing the next day and have to do better at it. Yeah. I just like the idea that they got lapped three times. <laughs> I mean, come on. And the way they were running, I, I actually felt, it felt like watching them, like the gravity was increased. <laughs> yeah. It, it looked horrible. <laughs> but, oh, and you, but you notice Tuvok was just, it was no sweat. Well, he, yeah. He's, he is a, 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 a BA. He's a BA Brackus, <laughs> that guy. Uh, I did like the part where they're running through the mess hall and Chell grabs a cup of water. <laughs> and then Tuvok makes him give it over to him. Yeah. Uh, oh, Chell, you're pretty awesome. In a transporter room, Chell is working when Torres enters. Kim tells Torres that there's no trace of any bacteria on the transporter logs for the past month. Torres reminds him that they stopped on a planet to pick up some weird food for Neelix. Oh, God. Uh, Torres and Kim are about to leave when Torres notices Chell working on the transporter pads. And uh, Chell says Tuvok ordered him to degauss the entire transporter room with a micro-resonator. 
which will take approximately 26.3 hours. <laughs> so fat. This is like the equivalent of polishing or like cleaning the floor with a toothbrush, right? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tuvok's got, he's a very Arly Ermy here. Like, yeah. From uh, Full Metal Jacket. Uh-huh. And then there's, uh, oh, and then Kim has that great, that great line as they're leaving the like, transporter room. Mrs. Butt. <laughs> there's some, this was a, kind of a funny episode, even though, I mean, it was supposed to, you know, not be like a complete comedy. It was good to see uh, the other side of, I mean, not to focus on the main crew, it's kind of focusing on these mm -hmm. newer characters. There's more stuff going on than just them. Yeah, yeah. And Starfleet is like a military, is, you know, it's kind of like the Navy, right? Mm -hmm. You don't get that a lot on Star Trek, yeah. I think. Tuvok has a log. He's or He says he recreated the Voyager's bridge in the holodeck for some war mm -hmm. games. Dalby has some command experience, so he's the captain in this scenario. They encounter a damaged Ferengi ship, which could be a trap, Chell says. Mm -hmm. But Dalby says they have a duty to provide humanitarian aid. A Romulan warbird decloaks near them. Dalby wants to hail them and tell the Romulans that they're on a rescue mission. But the Romulans power up their weapons. Dalby orders them to arm all phasers. But a second Romulan ship decloaks and fires torpedoes at them. And Dalby orders them to keep firing in order to do as much damage as possible before their ship is destroyed. Uh, Tuvok ends the program and tells them that they are all dead. The trainees are very defensive and say they did everything by the book. And Tuvok says that retreating was also an option. But uh -huh. the uh, trainees seem very offended that he even suggested that. And uh, Dalby says that Tuvok once again proved that they're not Starfleet material. Mm. So, by the way, um, I don't know if you picked up on this, but I think that scenario was basically the Kobayashi Maru um, with the the disabled ship. And then they have to decide, you know, they're in, they encounter they're overpowered by an enemy. But in this case, instead of the Klingons, it was the Romulans uh, instead of humans it was what was it it was uh, a fringy freighter right yeah and then basically you know you can't do everything you have to basically choose well are we gonna save them and escape or are we gonna try to take them on or whatever so for a moment i thought they were gonna just flat out say oh well this is there's a freighter or there's a freighter called the kobayashi maru <laughs> anyways no i hadn't picked up on that but yeah that's a good point in the mess hall Tuvok is staring out into space when he's visited by our good friend Neelix. Uh, Neelix had been mentioned earlier in this episode, but this is his first appearance. Yeah, speak his name and he shall appear. <laughs> uh, Neelix offers his, his, offers his services as morale officer. <laughs> Tuvok is frustrated by the Maquis trainees because they're not responding well to his training methods, despite these methods working on literally thousands of other cadets and Neelix shows them some Kila flowers, which have flexible stems, but some of the stems are brittle. And when they bend, they break. And Neelix says that Tuvok is inflexible and might have better results if, if he bent a little. Uh, and Neelix says that Tuvok should get to know each of the trainees a bit better. Neelix then shows Tuvok some brill cheese that he made with some splicked that they beamed aboard. 
with mm. some of the weird food that they had been before <laughs> earlier. Sounds so gross. <laughs> just the just the words. Uh, he made the cheese because someone asked for macaroni and cheese. Tuvok says, you need to cultivate bacteria to make cheese. And then he looks up at the vent over in Neelix's kitchen. Thanks a lot, Neelix. I think we know uh, where this is going. Yep. You've botched it again, Neelix. There's a captain's log where Janeway says she asked Taurus to analyze Neelix's kitchen. Uh, Taurus tells Tuvok that the cheese is full of volatile bacterial spores and must be isolated. Tuvok says that the spores must have entered the intake over Neelix's kitchen and infected the bioneural circuitry, and the cheese is taken to sick bay. On the holodeck, uh, it's the Chase Andrine program again. Uh, Tuvok is playing pool with Dalby, and Tuvok is trying to get to know Dalby a bit better. Dalby tells Tuvok about his past, about how he was an angry youth, uh, got into trouble. He was a troublemaker living on the Bajoran frontier uh, until they fell in love with a woman. Unfortunately, this woman was raped and killed by three Cardassians, which prompted Dalby to join the Maquis so he could slaughter as many Cardassians as he could find. Dalby is protective of Garen because he sees Garen as a younger version of himself. And Dalby doesn't want to get to know Tuvok, and he doesn't want to be his friend. So, yeah, I mean, it's a very, obviously, sad past for Dalby. Mm-hmm. But I think it kind of fits in with um, a lot of the Maquis backstories. I mean, if you think about, you know, Torres, basically, Bailana's, you know, she was a troubled youth. And so it's kind of, they have a type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Maquis recruit <laughs> a very specific type of individual. Yeah. Uh, in sick bay, the doctor is analyzing the cheese. Uh, Kess has tried ex- exposing the cheese to every antibacterial agent they could find, but nothing is working. The power fluctuates again as they lose more bioneural circuitry. Doctor says that they haven't found the bacteria in any of the ship's systems, so he doesn't know how the gel packs are getting infected. Kess says that viruses can live inside bacteria. And the doctor says, oh, there are thousands of viruses so small that they would escape detection. Kess suggests using antiviral agents on the gel packs. In the cargo bay, Tuvok dismisses his trainees as the ship systems start failing. Uh, they try to get out of the cargo bay, but they're locked in. On the bridge, Kim tells Janeway that the bioneural systems are failing faster than they can compensate. Janeway orders Torres to transfer everything to life support and to continue working on the isolinear circuitry uh, that Chakotay had suggested earlier in the episode. In the cargo bay, Garen tries to, the manual override, but the door still doesn't budge. And Tuvok tries calling the bridge, but the comms aren't working for some reason. On the bridge, Kim tells Janeway that life support is going down. The doctor calls Janeway and tells her that the gel packs can't respond to infection the same way the animals do, uh, that is, with a fever. He's tried heating up the gel packs, which works, but they don't have the power to heat up all the gel packs. Janeway asks Taurus how they could superheat the gel pack system, and Taurus suggests aiming a warp field towards the ship. In the cargo bay, everything starts to heat up. Tuvok orders Garen to check out the control room while he has everyone else head towards the Jeffrey's tubes. On the bridge, Paris is noting how hot it's getting, and 
Janeway orders Paris to crank up the engine so they can initiate the plasma burst. Tora says that some of the conduits will get blown. In the cargo bay, a conduit gets blown, and deadly plasma gas starts filling the room. Dalby wants to go back for the unconscious Garen, and Tuvok orders the trainees into the Jeffries tubes because it's basically a needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few situation. Uh-huh. Tuvok threatens to break Dalby's arm and forces him into the Jeffries tube. Tuvok shuts the door behind Dalby and runs through the plasma gas towards Garen. Uh, in sick bay, the doctor tells Janeway that the bacterial levels are dropping and that they should be able to purge the system in minutes. I noted it's a nice touch that the organic beings are sweaty and exhausted, but the doctor is fine and smiling. Yes, that was really cool. I, like Immediately, I was like, oh, he's doing great. And everyone else is just like, we're about to expire. <laughs> Back in the cargo bay, Tuvok grabs Garen, but he comes to the plasma gas. The doctor has purged all the infections. Janeway orders Kim to get the systems back online. Back in the cargo bay, the trainees who escaped are forcing the door open. Henley grabs Garen and Dalby grabs Tuvok. Dalby says Tuvok went against Starfleet rules. But Tuvok responds that he has recently discovered that there are times that when you have to bend the rules. And Dolby responds that if Tuvok can bend the rules, then they can follow them. The trainees pick up Garen and Tuvok and bring them to sick bay. And that's the end of the episode and yeah. the season. Yeah, that was, well, in more ways than one, that was kind of a surprising ending. Um, first of all, I expected that there'd be some sort of, oh, well, everything's fine now on the Voyager, uh, and we're continuing on home. But it was just kind of like, no, let's just walk to sickbay together. Um, And then in terms of the season being over, um, well, you have some insight into what happened. Yeah, this was not supposed to be the season finale. Uh, (laughs) If you couldn't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was just due to scheduling issues that this became the final episode of the season. Uh, The the season actually continues into season two but Mm -hmm. yeah they basically uh, apparently filmed i think another four episodes for that were supposed to be the final four episodes of season one Uh, but they actually got aired in season two and are you know become episodes one through four Mm. uh, of that season so uh so that's why you know as a season finale i think it's pretty awful (laughs) i mean um as an episode though i actually kind of liked it and I, i like these, I mean, it, it was, you know, wasn't the greatest episode in my opinion, but I did like the, the four, uh, Maquis crew members. Like actually really by the end, I was like, I really like these characters. Like, I hope we get to, I hope we see them doing stuff again. And I don't know if, if we will, but, um, uh, I thought that, you know, obviously Neelix making cheese and the cheese, I mean, let's just say that the, the the reason behind the, the the whole reason this episode kind of existed was cheesy. <laughs> but a bum. <laughs> it was because Neelix cut the cheese. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I mean this was an. I really like this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean the trainee part. I didn't care about the bioneural circuitry falling apart. No, I mean it was. Although I will say I think it was clever how they combined. They finally made use of the fact that this. I mean, I still don't know why they decided to say the ship has 
you know, biological circuitry, like maybe we'll, they'll come in in the future. I just feel like they were just like, let's throw all we can at this. So we have more plot devices in the future, (laughs) but at least, you know, it was finally, they made use of it in some way that kind of made sense. Even if the, you know, the, the reason was cheese. Um, but it, it fit in well with the whole, you know, the whole trainee thing. I will say though, I really, I think going into this as it being the season finale and there being, you know, these, when, when there was kind of, oh, well, there's a, you know, kind of a, uh, dis, uh, what do they call it? Insubordination kind of aspect to this with the Maquis. And then when things were failing, I thought for sure that this was going to have something to do with like, there was a saboteur on board or like Seska had come back or, yeah, you know. I mean, they were definitely pointing to that direction. It made it, they made it seem like Dolby was the one who was kind of messing with systems. Mm-hmm. But then when it turned out that it was just cheese, it was just like, and apparently like David Livingstone, one of the, you know, showrunners said, Oh yeah, I thought it would be kind of fun. Like there've been a lot of, you know, serious things that have happened in real, in the real world that have been caused by these really like, you know, minor things, you know, like a bolt coming off or, you know, something like that. So cheese, you know, you'd never think it's this little innocuous thing, but it could cause a big problem if your ship is full <laughs> of bioneural gel packs. I don't know. But apparently everyone kind of involved with the show was just like seriously bummed out that this got aired as the season finale. Yeah, I, I can understand that. <laughs> Yeah, I found the trainee aspect of it really interesting, and it Mm -hmm. delivered on the promise of Voyager, which is these two crews coming together Mm -hmm. and clashing because, you know, they have different philosophies. But then figuring things out. It did make, to me, it made Starfleet seem super not fun. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we've, in watching TNG and other Star Trek stuff, I mean, we've definitely seen stuff involving the, uh, things involving the the Starfleet Academy and Starfleet Academy was in, you know, Abrams track, like plays a pretty huge part. in I think both movies, right. Yeah. Um, and so we've seen that, but this is the first time where it was like the, at least that I can recall where it was like all the rules and regulations and like protocols of Starfleet. So it's interesting. I, I think it, it fit in well with the whole idea of the Maquis wanting to do things their own way and being stuck here and, but I, I like their attitude. They're like, what's he going to do? He can't, like, kick us off the ship <laughs> or, like, put us in the brig for 70 years. So, yeah, no, you get punched in the face. And you get a glimpse of why Kim is so by the book because, you know, he's fresh out of the academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely makes a lot more sense. Um, and I like there's, you know, a bit of a bit still a bit more, you know, kind of character development for Tuvok where he's like, oh, maybe you do have to bend the rules sometimes. You know, so. And it was Neelix who taught him that lesson. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Damn it, Neelix. Why do you have to do something actually good? But I think he definitely made up for any good, but with the ill of the cheese. Yeah. Yeah. That was not great. Yeah, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, and this season. Yeah, that's a wrap on season one on Voyager. Um, regarding this show, Trek Trek, uh, we're going to take a break for next week since it's a holiday in the U.S. And when we come back from the break, I think we're going to start watching Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. We made the the decision to kick off uh, another 
I think maybe, well, it's, I haven't seen nearly as much Enterprise. I've maybe seen the first five episodes, so, and that was back when it first aired. So it's going to be a lot of new for me. Yeah. Even more so than, than Voyager. Um, how about you? Did you ever really watch Enterprise? I watched the the first episode, uh, maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe a couple of the later ones, but uh huh, to kind of see where it had gone. I know I definitely did that. I mm-hmm. kind of checked in on it a little later, and I thought, nah, I don't know about this. It's kind of it's hard. It's hard to get into a Star Trek series. I think later on, yeah, you really have uh, to go with the characters kind of grow with them yeah i'm interested in revisiting it though uh mm-hmm. it's a show i never really gave a chance mm-hmm. speaking of revisiting though it's interesting to revisit voyager mm-hmm. um i'm not sure i mean i hadn't seen these episodes since they originally aired and uh, there's you know i mean voyager as we've discussed before is a much maligned series but there's some good stuff in mm-hmm. even in the first season yeah, I thought so. I think, you know, my opinion so far of Neelix hasn't changed. He annoys me to no end. Um, but I, I love the Doctor. Um, there's some really good stuff going on. I like Janeway. Um, Janeway was, going back to this episode, she was really not involved in it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> at all, basically. Um, but no, there's some good stuff, definitely. And I, you know, I've heard that the series gets a lot better. So um, I know that it's one of those things kind of like with next generation where the first season's kind of a slog. You have to really have to get through, uh, before it gets better. Um, and especially, um, a lot of people tell me that when uh, seven of nine is introduced that around that time, that kind of time frame in the series that the episodes are a lot better. So, yeah. Um, I'm conflicted about revisiting Voyager. I know, that we definitely should. And I definitely would like to see some of the later episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, just anecdotally people I've talked to, they seem much more excited about enterprise than oh, yeah. Voyager. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll kind of see where this voyage takes us, <laughs> this enterprise <laughs> that we're embarking on. <laughs> But I'm I'm super excited to watch this show. I mean, it's um, we've we've talked uh, kind of off the off the cast um, about the fact that Enterprise definitely, from what I can recall, is tonally very different. Um, is not not very uh, doesn't feel a whole lot like uh, the '90s era Trek stuff, like TNG and Voyager and and Deep Space Nine. Um, it's also shot in you know it's in it's in HD, which is going to be different. Um, you know, with the exception of the TNG Blu-rays, uh, which we've also been talking the two of us have been talking about recently. Um, with the exception of those, I mean, everything we've been watching looks like a 1990s VHS tape. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so we're going to be watching this series that's in like 5.1 surround and HD um, shot in widescreen. Um, so it's going to be pretty cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Something a little more modern. And, you know, it's a, it's a prequel. So I'll uh, see how that goes. Yeah. It's going to be very different, I think. Yeah, it'll be different, but it's exciting because it is so different. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we'll be back, uh, the week after Thanksgiving weekend, right? Yep. All right. Well, uh, we shall boldly go (laughs) where we have only slightly gone before. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. And we'll see you after Turkey Day.